Hi, I'm Brandy. And I'm Angelina. And welcome to Talk 40 to Me. We're having all the candid conversations you'd have with your bestie. Join us as we unpack life in our 40s and all the questions that led up to this next chapter. Hi, everyone. This is Brandy. And I'm Angelina. And welcome back to another episode of Talk 40 to Me. I'm so excited to have a friend of mine on the show today and literally everything that this woman says, I'm like, yep, need that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to listen to her. Kendall is a cancer survivor. We met through Bar 3. She used to be the owner of the location that I would go to. And she has since moved on and founded the Deep Center, which she'll tell you more about. This beautiful woman has personal training certification. She's a group fitness instructor, yoga, bar, Pilates, meditation, Reiki. She's also a health coach and a life coach. So, I mean, I could go oh on gosh. and on. I, I I love her so much and I value everything that she says and does in her life. So Kendall, welcome. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I could start tearing up. <laughs> so, sweet. so sweet. And I have to say my bio on my website with all my credentials, like it is like, I am exhausted reading it. Like girl, calm down. You don't need one more certification, but I, I, yeah, uh, I was impressed. I just, I just have such a passion for wellness and fitness. And I always have. So they've accrued over the years now that I'm in my forties. That's good though. I love it. I mean, so tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you here, your family? Yeah. So I grew up in South Carolina and my, uh, after college, I graduated in health promotion and kinesiology from the college of Charleston, but the, the Charleston, I wanted to stay, it's very, very touristy. And so the jobs there are either in hospitality or real estate or sales. And so I found myself in a sales position after college that I loved. I started working for the biggest distributor of Aveda and I loved Aveda's mission. They were bought out kind of when I started by Estee Lauder. And, you know, I think things started to shift a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I loved the founder and the mission. And so that brought me really all over the country. And I got a promotion that moved me to Hammond, Louisiana from South Carolina. I thought I'd be there for like a year and go back home. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to move from Hammond and go to New Orleans and I'll buy like a condo, I'll buy some real estate and then sell it and go back home. And I met my husband like 30 days after I closed at my condo. And that was like (laughs) 16 or 17 years ago. So I told people you used to own a bar three. So at some point you left a job, you bought the studios. Yes. I, I, that's when I went and got my um, health coaching license. I've got my nutrition coaching license. I started nutrition coaching business and I was um, doing group fitness on the side. I was teaching at Hourblast when they, which is like a local hit studio. And I loved group fitness. I loved doing it and I loved teaching it. And, but my body was a little bit wrecked. I was a marathon runner at the time, all jacked up. And so I found bar three online and started rehabbing my, my body with it. And I could feel the difference inside. So I decided I'm going to bring this to New Orleans. And so I opened one studio and then two and then three. So I closed my nutrition coaching business to open the studios. Wow. And that's how I found Kendall. And I can attest to that after years of running in gymnastics, my back was just shot and I needed something different, something new and that's when I found bar three and I've shared that with Kendall. Like it's been life-changing for me. Yep. And I still, even, even though I sold the studios over a year ago, I still go to bar three about three times a week. Yeah. I love it. I got a Peloton too, by the way. I love my Peloton too. I do it all. (laughs) 
And so was Brandy. We were on a ride together, actually, and we didn't know it. Brandy, I see your Peloton. Yep, right behind me. (laughs) Angel came up to visit and she's like, all right, I might try this Peloton thing. So I said, go for it, girl. You're going to fall in love because it's fun. I never thought I would enjoy a spin class because I tried one. I hated going to a spin class like in studio. Like I can die in my own house like and look like I'm in severe pain in my own private room. But I don't think I could do that in front of a lot of people. But it also feels like you're in a group fitness class, which is what I I think they've nailed it with that technology. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It was just funny. We both were in the same class today and didn't even realize it. Oh my gosh. I I took class today too, but I took a really old one. Oh, we were in the live at 6am. Yeah. Oh, fun. I was, I took like right at eight o'clock a a Dennis Morton class. Oh, interval in arms is one of my favorite. I love interval in arms. Yes. It's a good break from like the riding. All the spinning. I know. Um, I've had to like pull back a little and like add in more bar because my hip flexors were killing me. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, okay, today's a bar day. <laughs> yes. I, I don't get on the Peloton unless I have time for yoga or stretch after. So you said it's been a year since you sold the studios. You were diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes. I don't know. At what age can you, can you tell yeah. us about that yeah. journey and what so, happened? Sure. Definitely. I was diagnosed at 42. I was diagnosed March 3rd, 2020. And then I had to close my studios because of the, you know, the mandate to close like 10 days later. And so I was having Gosh. like this life crisis and then like a financial life crisis. I thought for sure I, I was like, we were going out of business. At first I thought, oh, it was two weeks. And then I was like, oh, as it turns out, no. So during that time, I started to, when we were like locked in studios or locked down with that diagnosis, I had some like crippling anxiety, depression, and isolation, really common for breast cancer survivors and people going through the journey. But also my surgeries would get canceled because of COVID. The hospital where I was supposed to have surgery literally called me the day before and said, we can't do it. And I had a pretty aggressive breast cancer. I found They found it really small, but it was uh, going to be triple negative breast cancer, which is the most deadly and has the wow. biggest recurrence. So I was kind of waiting in my house with this tumor that I can't get out. And so I started to look online for like, there must be some like digital, there must be the Peloton for breast cancer patients and survivors. There must be. There's 3.8 million women living right now with breast cancer just in the United States. It's the largest cancer of both sexes, surely. And it's well-funded. Surely there's like a studio. And all I could find is things that were like super medical or like really old, sad, like chair workouts. And I'm like, I identify as an athlete. I'm like, I'm not doing a chair workout. And like, where are all the people? And so I just started rehabbing myself. So I learned how how to do the emotional freedom technique, which is tapping, which I know we're going to talk about. I was a longtime meditator anyway, but that, you know, that wasn't necessarily getting the job done of like clinical anxiety. I started, I created what's now our signature method. I call it dynamic meditation, but it's like an energy flush where you jump and you move your body in a way that feels intuitive. So you can get some of the like gunk out, clear your head. And, and so I started really rehabbing myself and I really had just sort of like this divine, like this God moment where I said, I'm going to sell this studios and I'm going to create an online fitness studio for breast cancer patients and survivors. There's nothing exists. I needed it. I couldn't find it. I'm a fitness instructor and I didn't know how to rehab myself. Uh, I do now. And so I launched that April 1st. 
And you had a double mastectomy, right? I had a double mastectomy and I had some lymph nodes removed. So Um, you were rehabbing a major surgery. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the thing about scar tissue when it's underneath your arms and your chest, like if you don't do anything about it, it will pull you into like forward flexion into like a round shoulder syndrome or forward head syndrome. And no one tells you that. I think doctors are, you know, I have the most incredible doctors, you know, but it's like, they're all busy, you know? And so I I sort of was like told, like, if you don't have lymphedema, which it happens when you have damage to the lymph nodes or lymph system, basically the fluid backs up and you get incredible swelling, um, then you're fine. And the truth is I was not fine. I could feel myself starting to round four, getting achy in the back, feeling my head go forward. And, you know, you lose um, range of motion in your shoulders. And so I'm like, I'm solving this and I'm going to help solve it for anyone else who needs it. So that's what my studio does. I teach anxiety practices, rehab and prehab practices. And then I also teach, because I love it, cardio classes that have my signature method of of the dynamic meditation along with strength classes, because we get weak in our back. Anything that we do really in life on devices or laptops, those surgeries make it a little bit more extreme. So anything you would do to improve your posture is what what I teach. Amazing. Can you tell us more about how you came up with the name, the deep center and yeah, it sounds like this is something that people can access wherever they are, not just in new Orleans. That's correct. Yeah. It's worldwide. I also have an Apple TV app. I really wanted it to be oh, like, cool. Yeah, it's yeah, super cool. Peloton is like that premium experience, right? You feel like you're in a room because it screens big and it pulls you in. So that's what I wanted. I wanted a big experience to pull you in because one, I knew that in order to reach more people, it had to be outside of New Orleans Two, a lot of women who are having chemo or immunocompromised. So they can't go to studio classes anyway. So the reason I created, or the name really, again, that was sort of like a God moment. I just got this ping. I just finished jumping around like a crazy person, my dynamic meditation out of breath. I was laying down on my mat, had my hand to like my gut. And it just came to me like my deep center. I also, it's like an entendre for like your deep seat of knowing your deep seat of intuition. And then center also means like a community or a collective, a place where people can come together. And isolation is a big challenge when you have breast cancer, you feel like an alien. And so to have people who can come together that know exactly what it feels like to go through cancer. um, So it, it has really two meanings. Wow. I'm so inspired. In fact, I want I want to join one of your classes. I feel like there's so much that I'm learning just in what the five, 10 minutes that we've spoken about. Oh gosh, thank you. Yes, yeah. so cool. She it's has like, all the things. <laughs> yes. you know that, that secret, like secret deodorant that's like strong enough for men, but pH balance for a woman. I'm like, I always think like the deep center is like strong enough for every woman, but like, but made for breast cancer thrivers, you know, it's like, Everything I teach anyone who hadn't had cancer can certainly do, but I just wanted a place that was like ours. The community. That's yeah. amazing. And it's super cool when I mean, I, I saw your app. I, mean, I looked that up on my Apple oh, TV and yeah. I was like, oh my God, I think I remember, if you remember, I texted you. I was like, yeah. oh my God, I know. my TV. <laughs> I know. It was one of those surreal moments, you know, it was actually, I was watching myself on the app, you know, in the same room that I dreamed up the name. You know, it's just like one of those full circle moments. That's amazing. Another thing that like, that I learned a lot from you that sort of 
I think was part of your journey was your um, mission to sort of clean up your whole life. Yeah. And I'm sure that's a big part of what you talk about. I know it is on your Instagram, big part yes. of what you talk about in the deep center. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super passionate about clean personal care products. In, in 2015, I had a, I had a scare with uterine cancer. I was pre-cancerous. Thank God caught really early, like five years before breast cancer. And that's when someone turned me on. That's actually when I found beauty counter, which the mission is to get clean hands into the products or clean products into the hands of everyone. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm sure my personal care products are dialed in. That's not something I have to worry about because it wouldn't be on a shelf if it was toxic. You know, that's like our government wouldn't allow such things. And so I started to scan and research the products I was using and they were all eight, nines and tens out of a 10, 10 scale. And right about a six, there's endocrine disruption at a nine or 10, there's known carcinogens. And so I've recently gotten back from uh, Washington, DC. I met with the legislation in our state, Kentucky, Florida, Indiana, Illinois, and to advocate for health reform and to advocate that the laws get changed because there's no transparency, even if there's stuff in it, they hide it in what's called the fragrancy loophole. And the fragrance loophole is like in our country, if whatever comprises a fragrance is considered a trade secret. So the company doesn't have to reveal what makes up the fragrance. So when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, one of the first things I thought was like, thank God I use beauty counter. And then I, I haven't used aluminum deodorant, put anything wacky on my lymph nodes in, you know, in 10 years. But the, you know, the other thing I was told because I had genetic testing is that it was a environmental exposure. So I don't have any genetic link to, to breast cancer. Most people don't only 10% of cancers are actually genetic. They're from exposure to the, what's in the air, what's in the water, what we put on ourselves. And so, you know, I've cleaned up pretty much everything in my life. I even don't really drink anymore. Angelina, no red wine. I'm not really doing that anymore. Although I am going out for lunch with a girlfriend today and I'm letting myself do that. But for the most part, I've cleaned up everything else because I just, you just don't know what's going to flip the switch. And it's not one thing. It's a combination of things over time. And so I just, you know, I've tried to eliminate anything that could possibly cause another cancer. Yeah. And I watched when you, when you started talking about it and I started looking at all my products, I, I remember that moment when you were diagnosed and I went under my cabinet and I was like pulling all of these things out of my personal care products, like the cleaning products in the house, just all that stuff. And I, I learned that just, especially we recently went abroad to Italy. It's different in other countries. Exactly. You yeah. Know? So in the European union, there's 1600 banned ingredients. So they can't formulate with 1600 different ingredients in Canada. It's 900 can't formulate with 900 ingredients in the United States. It's 30, three, zero, three, zero. And so on that list is like tar, arsenic, you know, cyanide, all the things you'd think of. And, you know, since World War II, there's been something like a hundred thousand chemicals created that have never been tested on humans yet. They're going in our personal care products and our household cleaners. It's insanity. It's crazy making. That's a crazy statistic, but I mean, how cool is it that you are legislating for reform? Like talk about girl power. That is cool. I, know. I have to say it felt very much like a victim impact statement, like getting to be like, this is what happened to me. And this is why. And do I think it's low on the priority list? It for sure is. That's why we have to like advocate for ourselves. But at least my voice was heard. Yeah. I loved it. That's amazing. I mean, yes. So amazing. Wow. Can you share a little bit more about how your diagnosis has shaped your lifestyle 
and career choices moving forward. Yeah. Yes. Well, I guess when it comes to career choices, I mean, that was, that one's pretty obvious. I was like, I'm closing my studio and I'm doing, I'm doing this. And I'll tell you when you get a cancer diagnosis, very little matters, really matters. And, you know, before cancer, and I still struggle with it, I would have very loose boundaries and perfectionist tendencies and people pleasing. I would say yes to things I wanted to say no to. That doesn't happen anymore. I only say yes to things that are like a hell yes. And I say no to anything that I don't like. So it's really common. I have to say the the people that I know, the women that I know who've had breast cancer, there's some, we know like A type and B type, but there's also a C type, which is like cancer type. And the cancer type personality is people pleasing, putting themselves first. I mean, it's the typical busy mom who like, you know, sacrifices herself for her family. And so when I like really study that, that that is one of the things that causes cancer, the stress from that, ignoring yourself, ignoring your self-care. Wow. Just like, no, no more, no way. Like this has to get resolved. I was 42. Like I can't go on living my life, not listening to that inner voice that says, you don't actually want to do that. Don't do Say no. So now I guess that's, you know, kind of influences my career choices because I, I, I just don't do anything that I'm not like wholeheartedly in support of. Brandy and I just had this conversation this week Mm -hmm. and said to one another, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And it is or your forties. I don't know. I mean, that might be because I'm 45 now. I don't know, but it's so hard when you don't want to disappoint other people. Totally. Or you feel that it's gonna, I don't know, like this weird psychological feeling that you're hurting someone else and that, you know, you have to please other people, whether it's career, personally, you know, or the fear of disappointment, you know, just yeah. it's going to hurt your reputation, whatever the case may be, like you just, yeah. it's hard. And and I've hear it from so many women that struggle with the same thing. Yeah. And it makes me always think like, do you think that men worry about that? I mean, that is so uniquely female, the way that we were raised, like men don't give a rip. You know, they do what they want to do. And so I try to model that, you know, just like, wait a second. No, I mean, I, you know, I'm going to do what I want to with my one wild and wonderful life, period. I mean, I'm not going to hurt anyone else. And I'm going to take care of my family, of course, but I'm going to take care of me for sure. That's a great saying it, but no, it's a super, it's a super great point. Cause I remember one time there was something going on, like a sort of a family obligation, but not really. And I remember telling Josh, we have well, we have to go. And he was like, why? Like I worked all week. I'm tired. Like, no. And I, and I remember being, what? We mean, no, like we're not supposed to, we really, we have to, we have to do this. And he was like, no, we really don't. So you have such a good point. Like guys do not think about that at all. Oh, uh, no, no. And it's like, this is how we're raised to like be pleasing and, you know, to accommodate. And I mean, it can literally make you sick. It can literally make you sick. So, oh yeah, yeah, work stress. I remember I would get, I would be chronically sick, like have something constantly happening with my health. And did y'all hear that? Do you have a ghost? There's no one home, is there? No, no one's home. I don't know what that's freaky. Do you have dogs? No, no, no. What is that? Stop! Don't give me bad juju. I know. (laughs) You know how I feel about that. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to put anything in your head. You better make sure that you ask the ghost if it's okay, though. You want to be a people pleaser to the ghost. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, um, maybe it's like it was trying to put a fine point on like what we're talking about. Maybe it's like yeah. enough. Um, I'm sorry. what were you saying <laughs> no sorry about that guys I was like I don't know did they hear that should I keep going but something I don't know what that was I'll have to go and check after this back to our conversation would you have uh I mean I think we'll continue to talk about this but advice for listeners just generally speaking whether it's taking care of yourself through breast cancer, taking care of your body. And, you know, you just mentioned, like, if it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no. So what type of advice would you have for our listeners as they're thinking about health and wellness? And if they're going through breast cancer, have a family member going through breast cancer, how can we support them? Yes. Well, people ask me all the time, like I have a friend who got diagnosed. What, what do I say to them? And what do I do? And the, the thing I loved the most was, um, well, first of all, gifts showed up from everyone, including Angelina. It was like, which I still have that adorable bag in that bottle. Um, oh, good. Um, and that, that always made me feel so loved, like surprises out of nowhere that, you know, someone was thinking of me. But I always recommend to like texting them often and letting them know that you're praying for them if that's appropriate or that you're thinking of them without asking how's it going so that there's no, like, you're not giving them a task to complete, but you're just letting, you're just pouring into them, pouring into them, pouring into them. So what's kind of common is that you end up having to make other people feel better about your cancer, like, you know, kind of because they're nervous. And so you kind of go around having to like make everyone feel better. And, um, so instead of that, just pour into them, just tell them you're thinking of them often. And then in terms of you know, I think I want to touch on it because this is October Breast Cancer Awareness Month. At what point, I mean, I know I didn't start till 40. I had my first mammogram this year. Wow. Um, so do you have any advice for people? Do they, should we be starting earlier? Certain things we should be doing yeah. self-care? Yes. So the first is I would start earlier. I, all you have to do is at your annual appointment, ask them to, to call in a mammogram and it takes five seconds. It just, I, I think there's this terrible rumor going around. It hurts. I mean, it really doesn't hurt. It's five. There's a lot of things that we do as women. That's far worse. Um, and this is like no big deal. So I had a baseline at 38 and I had no history. And I think doing it, you know, mid thirties, there are people getting diagnosed more and more. There's a, a girl that my, my oncologist referred me to, to talk to her because her mom had passed away and um, she was going through breast cancer and wanted someone to relate to. And she was 21. So people are getting it and she was ignored because they were like, oh, it's a cyst. And it was stage two breast cancer. Oh my God. So yeah. So it's like, you know, we have your baseline. There's no harm in starting it early because then it gives them data to compare to. That's the that first one is really just so they can see the standard. So if the tissue changes, they know. That happened to me. Um, I yeah. um, after I had my first child, he is now eight, about to be nine. I had a knot in my right breast and I was still breastfeeding and I'm like, okay, this hurts. I'm sure it's something to do with breastfeeding, but I called my doctor and I said, look, I don't know what this is. And he's like, I'm pretty sure this is a cyst or a clogged duct. He's like, but let's just, just, check. just let's just go have a check. He's like, at the very least, like this will give you a baseline. I still have it, but I've had three mammograms 
And that I, when I had my son, I was probably like, I think I was 32 when I had my first okay. child. And when I, so I was probably around 32 when I had my first mammogram and um, recently had my 40 year old mammogram yeah. and uh, they, yeah. it was at a different facility because I had moved and they were nervous to give me the mammogram without looking at the previous two. Right. But yeah. they went ahead and did it and they got the information in and they came back and they said, you know, there's really nothing that has changed. But I did a sonogram and a mammogram the first two times. They did not do the sono the three the third time. But it it was reassuring that my doctor like spent no time thinking about it. He just sent me yes. in and he's like if you want to do this, he's like, I don't really think it's a big deal, but right. Let's just have it done. It doesn't yeah, hurt anything. Mind. And insurance covers all this. Like this, it doesn't matter what your age is. The insurance, if the doctor orders it, the, the insurance will cover it. The other recommendation besides starting early is always ask to get the, I, so I had um, uh, dense breast tissue, really common, really common that breast cancer patients have dense breast tissue. So they use basically like a 3D um, mammogram instead of the standard that's available to anybody have your doctor request the 3d mammogram they just get a better view i feel um, like that's what they did i bet they did I feel like they did that with me because i have dense breast breast tissue i feel like so many women i know i mean have I, it. I don't know anyone who doesn't have it <laughs> it's like everybody so you might as well just ask for the 3d you know mammogram i'm glad you said that because i didn't know that was a thing at yeah. all. They said the same for me, dense breast tissue. So I had my first mammogram because, you know, 40, that was super right. fun. And then they did that scale, you know, where they put you in a percentage risk. And yeah. I was at like 21% with no history. I don't know why. I don't know how they come up with that number. It's that's what it is. It's yeah. The, so then they said, well, let's go ahead and do an MRI just because, you know, and I said, well, I, don't, I, I hate MRIs. And I said, no. I, don't I don't know, an ultrasound. They said, well, you, you could, but an MRI is way more clear. We're going to know yeah. you have a good baseline. So I, I went ahead and I did it. And yeah. now they said like, I have to rotate like every six months. Yep. Oh, wow. Every six months you have to go. Well, it's like mammogram, MRI, mammogram, yeah. MRI. Like they want you to, um, they do it for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. As as nothing shifts, right. You go back to the mammogram. I guess it right. depends, but yeah. They said maybe I could go back to mammogram ultrasound, mammogram ultrasound. Yeah. So I uh, maybe it may be like that, but, um, yeah, I didn't know that those things existed. I didn't want, I didn't yeah. anything about that. So the right. thing, that's a good, that's good advice. Yeah. And early detection, like anything, I mean, mm -hmm. so I'd be all for that MRI, you know, because you, they're going to find, they're not only you just find it in your breast, they find if it traveled anywhere. So, yep. I know. Great. It's I such a that. scary topic to discuss, but it's so important. And I think that's how so many women are getting ahead of it because we're talking about it. And because of those who have pioneered before us, that this is this should not be a faux pas subject to discuss this is oh, something yeah. important and so appreciate you sharing your story about this Gosh, my absolute pleasure it's um, not, not uncommon unfortunately and i feel like you hear it more and more younger women like you're saying yeah mm -hmm. so and there's several cancers i think that you're hearing more yeah people are getting it younger and just not noticing any symptoms right you mentioned you know obviously anxiety is going to come with a diagnosis. And then I think 
all of us, even those who haven't had cancer, sure. anxiety is, is an issue. And you focus a lot on like grounding and gratitude yeah. and you yeah. mentioned tapping. Yeah. So I'm familiar with it. And I, I'm, I'm glad you recently shared it on your Instagram because it reminded me to just kind of go back to, to it. But can you yeah. tell people what is it and how yeah. it help? Tell me all about this. Yeah, yeah Brandy, so, you need this. <laughs> it's amazing. So I always had anxiety. Cancer just ratcheted up to an unmanageable level. And so I discovered, I kind of knew about tapping, but again, when I got diagnosed, I was a tapping fool. And so this is what I discovered and why I later got certified in it is tapping as over hundred clinical studies. And what you do is you tap on points in your body where an acupuncturist might put in needles. They're basically tapping into meridians, which are like the energy system underneath the skin. And there's over a hundred clinical tests. And these are the results and tapping takes 30 seconds. I mean, I do it longer, but you get benefit just from doing 30 seconds of tapping. And so what happens is, and again, this is proven is that there is up to a 41% drop in cortisol. So your stress hormone plummets at the same wow. time, getting less stressed your endorphins that make you joyful increase by 38%. So you're getting less stress and more happy at the freaking same time. So tapping can be used for the feelings of anxiety, the feelings of depression, PTSD. It's um, really has the best results when it comes to cravings, clinical cravings. And those are really the biggies. And so when I read that and learned that and then felt it in my body, I'm like, I'm teaching this. And so matter of fact, I filmed one today. The, the way it works is you, you've got certain points that you tap on and then you start with kind of like the truth of one way to do it is talking about the truth of what is. So let's say I'm like, I'm scared that I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. And I'm scared they're going to find another, you know, another tumor. So you would tap and say, even though I have a doctor's appointment that I'm scared about tomorrow, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And so that's just an example. And so what happens is when your nervous system hears you say it while you're tapping, it basically breaks up that belief. So the result is you're less stressed and more joyful. It's awesome. And Does it take really practice insane. to get no. there in I mean, terms no. of, you know, feeling that feeling break apart? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll teach you a really easy tapping that you can do on yourself. And so can your listeners, because you don't, they don't need to see me to, to, to do, know how to do this. Your collarbones, if you locate those, Okay. And then you slide down from your collarbone, kind of where that divot is right mm -hmm. between clavicles. If you slide down with your fingers till you feel like a thickening of the skin right at the top of the sternum. Okay. So that it's almost like it was raised a little bit. Yep. You're right there. That's it. Okay. That's your thymus gland. That is, that will boost your immune system and boost energy. And again, get all the benefits of decreasing anxiety, increasing joy. If you tap on it for like 30 seconds. So don't do it before you want to go to bed because it will give you energy. But if you tap that stimulating your immune system right now, and you might be feeling it already that you start to feel like a little bit more awake, maybe a little calmer. If people could see us, we're all sitting here just tapping <laughs> our chests. And I mean, the collarbone points are really powerful too. If I'm, I, I don't love to fly. Sometimes it bothers me. Sometimes it doesn't, but I'll tap my chest on the plane and this doesn't look weird. I mean, I don't think. I don't care, but I'll tap myself and um, just, you know, calming myself down and it just boop, drops you right into your body. I'm going to be walking around doing that all day long. I know. I, 
I know, I know when I first like started, so I saw someone who do, does Reiki and EFT of the tapping method. Yeah. And when she had taught me that, you know, tapping, and then even though, you know, I am super yes. stressed about work today, I still deeply love and accept myself. And it feels weird to yeah. say it. Sure. And then you move from all these different points, but after you just take this deep breath and you let it out and yeah. I don't know, it's just like, it's like a weight off of your chest. Yes. And it's like, you're releasing it. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. we are releasing it and it's hard to believe something so simple could be so effective, but it is. And I actually, um, she had told me cause she, she, this particular Reiki person does it for kids at a children's hospital. And she actually had said, it's really good for children too. Yes. That they can learn to do it and, you know, talk through and calm down anxiety. And yeah. I've had my, my, my kids do it when they get like, ah, Oh, I love it. <laughs> Yeah. You can pick any point. If you tap on, you don't even have to say anything. It'll draw the, the energy, you know? So the where, main points would be where yeah. I would collarbone would the collarbone points right at the tip of the clavicles uh-huh. and that, that sternum point. Those are the okay. ones that I, that I would use because again, you can use them anywhere. You can tap anywhere. And I don't think you look as crazy as like when you tap, you know, tap your eyebrow point or, yeah. you know, and I'm you using have, it, I'm going to yeah, do it. You, you have a video of this on your Instagram, I think. Yes, right? I have a couple for sure. And my studio, there's a seven day free trial. People can go in and take as many classes as they want to. Your Instagram is? It's at Kindle Carrier or at the Deep Center. Yeah. On and her website is thedeepcenter.co. That's right. Right. Yeah. So, com was taken. Those were <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. like, I like it though. What's been your favorite thing about starting the Deep Center? Getting to meet these fabulous women and feeling like when I wake up every day, I'm serving. I mean, it's there's no greater joy than to feel like I, hopefully I'll leave this earth better than I found it. And I, that's something that I love about you is that you just like radiate this like happiness and this joy. And you're like a fu- you're like, I don't know, you feel good to be around you. Gosh, thank you, Angelina. You have such a great energy. That's yes, for the sure. energy. That's the word I was like. Your energy is just like I your don't know. Aura. It's it's <laughs> very invigorating. And so maybe yes. if I start tapping, then maybe yes, I can get some of that. <laughs> a little more joyous. That's right. It's all practice. Kendall, is there anything that like hmm. you would want to tell people? Yeah, I guess, you know, in your forties, like now is the time to put yourself at the top of your list because you definitely deserve it. Perfect. Okay. So we have this segment. Oh, is this, do you want to do this B? This is yours. Go ahead. So we have this segment called, let me tell you something. And not sure if Angelina shared with you why we do it. You did. Okay. So, uh, this is a group chat and since you are our guest today, we want to hear what is your, let me tell you something. Oh, I'm excited. What is that one thing, okay. something you're into right now? So what I'm into right now is this book called The Miracle Morning. It's, I've been giving it away to all my friends and my dad. And it's, it, I think he paraphrases it, Hal Elrod is the author. And I think he paraphrases it at like the six things you can do to be the most productive before 8 a.m. So I I get up really early every morning. I, I do anyway. And um, for 10 minutes at a time and their silence, silence, meditation, or prayer, um, journaling, reading affirmations, looking at your vision board, reading and exercising. And so I do it every morning and it's, it's like, I wake up feeling like it's Christmas morning every morning. It's like my most favorite thing to do. The house is quiet. I make my coffee. 
and I go do my miracle morning. I'm very into it. And so I think I've, I'm on a 34 day streak, even when I've traveled, which I was kind of impressed by. I saw Brandy write that down. Like, I wrote it down. Yeah. I am really big into self-help books and business mm-hmm. books. So oh, you'll love it. You'll and love it. I am going to buy this. Yes. I need You're- to find ways to be more productive in the morning. I Although I feel like my, my struggle is, you know, my goal is to have my workout done before the kids wake up in the morning. That's it. Yeah. Because if it's not, and I plan to do a lunch workout or an afternoon workout, it's not happening. My yeah. day gets away from me and then I lose my motivation and energy. And so when I think about this, I'm very excited, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, am I going to have to wake up at like 4 a.m.? I know. To get the workout done and my six things. And but so- you can do them all a minute each. He talks about how you can shorten them if you need to. Oh, good. Yeah. But I am, I am stoked about learning more about this miracle morning book. I am too. Angelina, what is your, let me tell you something. Uh, You know, I didn't have it off the top of my head. What? I thought about one yesterday and it has since escaped my mind, but we, we talked about this at the very beginning of uh, the podcast. I woke up this morning pretty much on my own at like 5.30 and kind of hung around the bed for a little bit. And I had worked out last night on the Peloton and I said, you know what? Just get up and do it. Do it. You may not be motivated, but you're going to be happy that you did it anyway. You have 30 minutes before the kids wake up. Just do it. And so I got up and I had never done a live class before. And as I was looking for my classes, I saw that Ellie Love had a live class at 6 a.m. and said, you know what, we're just going to do it. And you don't have to like rock it out. You don't have to like overcommit yourself to the endurance, but just do it. And so I did. And I'm so happy. And I wound up running into Angelina. I love it. The class. on In the class too. And so it was just, and she was so motivating and inspiring. And oh man, it was just It just, I think it really set my day up for success today. So that's my, let me tell you something. I love it. Now that you say that, it's probably, that's been the biggest thing for, let me tell you something for me probably is going to be like my morning workouts. The Peloton has changed because I've only had it for a little over a month, but it's put me into this mindset of waking up before the kids. So that has become something that I previously would not ever do. I'm just not a morning person. My husband's the one that's like doing squats with his toothbrush in the morning and he's like chatty and I'm grunting, you know? So I think that's probably my, let me tell you something is that I've gotten myself into this routine. That's like, I have to wake up. I give myself about 40 minutes before I have to start with the kids and get it in. And then if I, a lot of times I have to do my stretching after they get off to school, but I still make it happen. So now that you mentioned that book, if I can add that on top of this, yes. Now you'll start to really protect that time. You know, it'll become Mm -hmm. non-negotiable if it hasn't already. Oh, hers is non-negotiable. Mine is like, I'll wake up and like, oh, you know what? We're past time. So (laughs) today, but it, for me being also not a morning person or an evening person for that matter, it gives me time. (laughs) You do. (laughs) She shuts down at like nine o'clock. I think that was a huge surprise. I'm assuming that it was a surprise for you when you came to visit like eight o'clock. I'm like, 
my brain is not functioning yes by that point and and i think it has a lot to do with the fact that i wake up so early but it gives me that time to wake up so that way i am in i am my best self by the time the kids wake up i've had my time to like get my grumpiness over wake up get my blood flowing yeah. and then i can be you know, super present with them. That's what works for me. It may not work for other people, but being a person that takes, it takes me a good hour to be in a mood to be around people. Agreed. Same. So we love to have a segment called rapid fire. So I'm going to roll into that. So this is is a way for us to get to know you better. Okay. And all of our listeners to get to know Kendall a little bit more about you. So this is, I feel like this is a, a, you've kind of said it. So maybe you can hone in on one thing. What is your go-to pleasure or self-care like your that you do every single day without fail? Mm. Every single day, it's really generic, but every single day I start my day with a huge glass of water and lemon. And I have like, I, I prefer that over coffee. Now I love my coffee, but I drink that first and I always have, and I crave it and I mean, it turns your body alkaline and acid is like the root of disease. So I know I'm starting my day like alkaline. Do you do it more? I do mine hot. Do you do hot? No, hot water I used to. And then I learned that warm or hot water kills the enzymes in the lemon. So now now I just drink it like room temperature. I think I read that room temperature is, is good that you don't want it cold. Right. Yeah. It doesn't for um, your, your digestive system. I typically do my water room temp. I don't, I'm not an yeah. ice in my water kind of girl, okay. but I did not know that about the lemon. So yeah, I know. I just learned it too. Like maybe a month ago. And so it's changed my whole, whole thing. We, huh. we started buying lemons in abundance. Us too. Doing the I, same thing. From Costco. <laughs> yep. Same Costco. Yep. But we don't always use it all. So um, one time we tried freezing lemons, doesn't work. And then I saw a hack where you squeeze the lemon juice out and then you put it in little trays. And yeah. so I don't know if that takes away from the purity of the lemon or anything like matter. that. But we we pop our little lemon ice cubes out and we put it in our water and we drink off of it all day long. And, and our kids love it. And we did it with lime too. So that's, that's a great way to, to get like that done. Yeah. Save the lemons without right. <laughs> before they go bad. Hashtag save the I lemons. cut mine. Save I cut lemons. mine. <laughs> I cut mine and, and I squeeze them and then I put that part in the freezer. So then later I throw the the half frozen lemons in my big jug and wow. that just goes with me for the day. Yeah. But I like your sque- your squeezing ice cube drink. We all have good tips. Are you yawning, Brandy? I I am. I haven't finished. <laughs> One, I had no lemons today. <laughs> my lemon water. Get on that. <laughs> and two, I haven't finished my caffeine. Yeah, I only had one cup of tea. I'm going to need more. What is your favorite season and why? Oh, fall, autumn. Autumn's a nicer word, isn't it? But um, I just like all the traditions that come with fall, like pumpkin spice coffee and candles and cozy and the change in fashion. I'm super pale. I, I don't love spring and summer where I have my skin exposed and I don't like to wear a self-tanner. Um, I try, I got a clean one. I still don't want to use it. I don't like the way it smells. So I'd like, you know, when I can start covering up this pale skin, it's, it's good. I was, I was actually thinking about how beautiful your skin is. Like it's oh. so pure. <laughs> She's glowy. She's glowy. You're glowy. Beautiful. And it, it's, 
just thank yeah. you. Your skin looks beautiful. I yeah. appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay. Perfect way to spend the day off. Like you can choose it. It's your whole day off. How would you spend this day? My day off probably with a good book and my dogs and God, that's so lame, but that's, I rarely have that time <laughs> to like, just read a book and all day. So that's probably what I would do, except maybe I would do it in like a, I don't know, like a new England bed and breakfast or something where it's fancy outside and yeah, I'll do it fancy. <laughs> And you could watch the foliage change. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> watch the trees through the window. <laughs> I've but. never been, I've never been in New England. So oh, beautiful. I've heard it's amazing during the, the uh, fall. fall. Yes, it is. It's like just quintessential fall. Perfect. I'm envisioning, do y'all follow Trey Kennedy? No. Do you, I, Brandy? I don't know if I follow him, but I come across him from time to time. Yeah, he's a comedian and he always does. I'll find it and send it to you guys. But he always does. He's like, you know, every girl, basic girl in fall. And that's just what I'm thinking about. We're talking about fall. Yeah. He like puts his scarf on and he's like going through the leaves and he's like, it's pumpkin spice season. Right, right. <laughs> I know. I wish I didn't feel that. I wish I didn't like pumpkin spice because it is pretty basic, but I do. I like what I like. I know. I, I don't, I, I will a little bit indulge in it. It just depends. Like I don't like all things pumpkin spice. No, no. It's but, really coffee that I like. Yeah. I'm more of a peppermint chocolate. So I love that too, girl. Christmas yeah, rolls Christmas. around. Like, I wait till the holidays. Give it to me. Yeah. Give it to me. Anything that's peppermint and chocolate, I'll take it. Me too. Ooh, me um, too. So, you know, all of us, now that we're in our 40s, we talk about looking back on life when we were younger. If you could give yourself any advice to your younger, you know, when you were younger, what would it be? It'd probably be like, girl, you got this. Don't stress out about whatever. You got this. You're smart enough. You're good enough. Like, don't let fear stop you. Give me a break. I think that's what it'd be. I think we limit ourselves so much in our youth and it's just us limiting. It's not anything external. It's all in here. And so I just probably have a good frank discussion with myself. We had another conversation with another guest about the fear of failure and being taught as we were growing up that failure is a bad thing. And then it makes us scared to take chances and pursue dreams. And, and I think that we're hearing more of our guests talk about that. Take the risk. Yeah, take, take the, the risk. risk. You're going to be fine. Failure with no learning right. is terrible, but failure with learning is success. I mean, you won't do it again. Yeah. You know, you'll improve it. And it so. may take you to another place that where Definitely. you're meant to be. Yeah, it always does. And you hear all these stories of these like super famous people, you know, like Michael Jordan and Oprah and Steve Jobs who Walt Disney, and I, I've used that example to my kids that Walt Disney was fired from one of his first jobs for not being creative enough. Yeah, he <laughs> went to like 320 banks trying to get a bank loan. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah. You know, like ridiculous. Yeah, so that's, it's great advice. So, you know, even the most successful people have had major failures. And- sure. Or they haven't been, they haven't gotten to be successful unless they've had failures and kept moving. Right. 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 I'm so inspired by you and, and to hear about just even where you started in your career and how you really pursued this passion of health and wellness and, and the things that you're creating. I oftentimes kind of talk myself out of things out of the fear of failure or what if this will happen? And, and I, oh my gosh, like the 
it's sort of the epiphany in the these moments that you've had to create something so special that doesn't that that hasn't been around i i hope and i can't wait to see where your business takes you and I hope that we can be a contributing part to helping you grow and, and helping to share your story, your very inspiring story about overcoming breast cancer and sharing with the world about health and wellness and taking care of yourself. This has just been an absolute pleasure and an honor to meet you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me and letting me tell my story. I really appreciate it. I love it. And so if um, anybody wants to follow Kendall, she's at the Deep Center on Instagram at Kendall Carrier and go follow her because she's, she's just a bright light and you won't, you won't regret that decision. Thank you so much, Kendall. Thank you. Thank you. you. Really appreciate it. Have an awesome day. Thank you all for joining us in today's episode. The information provided in today's episode is for informational purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. We advise our audience to consult a medical professional or healthcare provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and treatment. Thank you all again for joining us on another episode of Talk 40 to Me, and we look forward to next week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening in. And as a member of our community, we want to hear from you. Follow us on social at Talk 40 to Me podcast and share your feedback on today's topic. How is the conversation relevant in your life? And is there a topic you'd love to hear us discuss? On that note, cheers to aging gracefully, living life to the fullest, and enjoying another day with your besties in life.